I think that's what we really love about sport and why everybody is so, you know, emotionally and, and financially invested in the game, right? You might not be able to play directly on the field, but you can be a player in the stands as a fan following along individual storylines, the players of the club. You can go into the histories and data. You can play multiple angles on multiple fronts. And, and I think everyone is a creator in their own way. It's a really cool means of connecting. We need to be doing that. A podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. I'm Jonah Ballo. I'm Keith Steckler. I'm Elliot Gerard. We need to be doing that is a Heartlink Group production. Come on. We need to be doing that. All right, guys. Well, it's always exciting when we have a professional athlete on the podcast. And today we're lucky because Quincy Ameriqua is on the podcast today and uh, professional soccer player. Quincy, thanks for joining us. And why don't you tell our listeners how you became a professional soccer player? What was your road to that? Ooh. Okay, I'll try to give the uh, the Cliff Notes version of that. But I got introduced to the game from a young age. My father um, uh, is an immigrant from uh, Oweri, Nigeria, right? So soccer is the, the, the most popular sport in the world everywhere else other than America, at least when I uh, was first um, starting out. Uh, that's going to change here as time goes on. But um, started playing with him uh, at three three years old. Fell in love with just the the outlet it provided me and and the time it allowed and afforded me to spend with him and and um, just learn more about life and his process and how he thinks and and views things. So it, it was always a really great <clears throat> um, experience for me. And uh, as uh, time as time went on. Um, I think my overall just approach to the game lent itself to me, um, uh, learning and getting better, uh, which, which, uh, which translated into me joining an AYSO team and then, uh, joining my club soccer team, um, and then playing in high school. And, um, I think Overall, my my understanding of the game at that at that point in time was just you know if you're good enough you get recruited and then you go to college. Um, beyond that, I didn't really understand or know anything um, with specificity to the game. And um, ideally, I would have loved to have been able to have you know a college uh, a college sco- uh, scholarship to pay for school. Um, but beyond that soccer was just more an outlet and something that I enjoyed by the, by my last game of my last tournament uh, of club, my senior year of high school, um, uh, two college coaches came out to, uh, our tournament to recruit like a year out. And, uh, I got seen and invited to, um, a recruitment trip by both as a result of that. I ended up signing, or I guess, you know, I mean, I was trying to think of like how you, you think of it at, at the college level. Uh, I, I, I signed with uh, UC Davis uh, to go to school um, and studied pre-med while there and played my four years in college. And um, my senior year, um, I got an opportunity to go to the Combine, went to that, and then ended up signing with San Jose Earthquakes in 2009. I guess that's the shortest version. And then now here we are, uh, 13 years later, just completed my, my 13th year of professional, um, currently in free agency. And uh, we'll see if we can we can go another 13 years. Now, was that recruitment trip when you got the sense that you could do this? Um, 
I guess, long-term, I, I might not say professionally, but long-term, when did you get the idea that soccer could be the occupation? I guess it's funny. It's kind of a loaded question in the sense of what soccer was professionally when I first was introduced to it and what soccer was when I'm growing up here in the, in the country. So for a little context, I didn't, I didn't watch soccer on TV. I didn't grow up with a favorite team or a favorite player, um, which created its own challenges that I'm sure we could go into depth on. Um, in the soccer world or space, it was a disadvantage and also simultaneously my advantage, right? Soccer was a means to really spend time with my dad and um, learn learn from him and then have a creative outlet. So I think of it more like art, right? Like So it was like an artistic creative outlet. I wasn't doing it for the money. There wasn't any money in the space. So I think most people who were on early on were in it for the art of it, which I think will kind of tie into the NFTs that we'll dive into, I'm sure, uh, later in the conversation. But as time was going on, money started to be something that could potentially be uh, a path within the game. And that was a, an opportunity by the time I was uh, at college that that got presented to me. Um, but I, I tend to see, think of myself more as an entrepreneur who happens to play professional soccer, not the not the inverse. The way I was viewing it when I joined was I intend to play soccer for the rest of my life as long as my body allows me, um, whether I'm paid for it or not. So this was an opportunity to to get paid at that time. I think it was a minimum minimum senior contract was thirty four thousand a year. Uh, senior developmental was eighteen five. I think my my college scholarship at the time was like eighteen five eighteen thousand five hundred bucks. It was essentially, you know, an entry level position job that required two to three and a half hours of my time daily. And the way in which I viewed it. I thought, you know, soccer on a 10-year time scale would be something that would be worth uh, worthwhile investing my time in. Um, and um, I'm essentially going to be paid to stay in shape. Uh, that was my limited understanding of, of soccer that time, right? I didn't understand networking. I didn't understand um, the structure of the league. I didn't understand contract negotiation to the degree um, that I that I do now with relation to you know, professional sports and how that varies. And um, yeah, it was, it was more, it was more an opportunity to, to test my ideas and theories and what I believe to be a value to those around me and of importance for, for culture, I guess, as time goes on um, to better define what it was that I was viewing and looking at and how I was approaching it. Um, so so yeah, hopefully that gives a little bit more context as to what it what it was for me and how I was viewing it and approaching it uh, uh, relative to the experience, the experiences I gained as a result of playing for for the thirteen years I've played so far. Now, in thirteen years, how have you seen Major League Soccer, soccer in general, change in this country? I mean, it has definitely uh, gone to a place where I think total upswing, right? And in terms of fandom, money also being put together on the local level and at the national level with these teams and the success and the fandom that we've seen so far, where have you seen the evolution and where it's going and, and where can it go from here? To make it simple and easy to understand and navigate, like it was, it was ground floor then. And I still feel it's ground floor now, but with a lot more proof of concept, a lot more um, um, attention, and a lot more um, 
motivation um, from those who are participating to to see it reach its potential and 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 I think collectively and I think as I mentioned and touched on you know soccer is the greatest biggest you know sport globally um, but wasn't here in America right for a multitude of reasons which we could definitely dive into the weeds on, but overall, I think where we are now is a great entry point um, and and platform that uh, doesn't require as deep technical knowledge and understanding of the intricacies of navigating the system in kind of a Web two world. Now that everyone understands, you know, the lexicon of what Web three is, what an NFT is, generally speaking, right? Like, I, I think of it. Very similar to you know when I when I you know discovered Bitcoin, uh, and by discovered by my my own personal experience in terms of discovering Bitcoin and um, experience with that back in two thousand and you know two thousand twelve, what I better understand now is you kind of had to be a nerd to be looking for and and viewing those things and getting really like into the weeds of it and understanding it from a technical aspect which doesn't make it easy for adoption. When you're looking at it on a larger timescale now, okay, 10 years since, and seeing you know, some, some many people being introduced to these ideas and concepts for the very first time, you, you get that aha moment of like, oh, okay, we're early. What does being early actually mean? That's also an experience, right? So when, when you're there and you're showing up and you're seeing it, you just see something that's really cool, that you're passionate about, that you love, that you have an immense like, amount of gratitude for and you want to share it with everyone around you because you want them to have that same, you know, positive experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, things, things of value take time to develop and, um, you know, experience is relative. And I mean, we could go a bunch of different ways in terms of the philosophy of it, but I, but I think a great outlet that ties it all together is the game of soccer, right? The game of football, individual's ability to to navigate the game both on the field and off the field and, and maximize the time that they, that they get to be a part of it. Yeah. That's kind of how I view it and where, where I've been coming from with it and, and better getting a better grasp of how to better articulate that and share that with others has been um, quite a learning experience. I love how you describe, you know, considering yourself an artist as an athlete um, you know, as a, and you, do you, when you say that it's not metaphorically, like you feel like you're a creative with your trade as an athlete. Yeah. I mean it both literally and philosophically, <laughs> metaphorically. No, I love, I love that. And, and I do, I think that athletes in general, I feel like have taken that, um, philosophy much more in the, in, in the past few years, I think, than I don't think athletes were thought of that. You know, and I think more in like basketball and soccer there, I think the, mi the the mindset of athletes is like, yeah, I am a creative and that's why I do stuff on the side as well. Um, whether it's, you know, for the personal uh, aspect or, or also just like how visuals, you know, as creatives have become so much more important about, about the sport. I think it's because you guys identify that much more than you used to, you know, um, sport is a sport is an art. Uh, and, and then that leads to doing stuff off that mindset. I feel like leads to doing stuff off of the court, just like you talked about with NFTs, which is expanding this beyond 
um, where it was before, you know, beyond social, beyond, you know, just, uh, it's a whole new form of expression, I guess, for, for athletes. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, not only is it a new form of, it's a new medium, right? And form of expression, but it's also a medium and form of expression that uh, directly allows you to capture the current and future potential value of, of your creations in, in, a, in, a, in a decentralized way, right? In a manner that um, isn't necessarily up to the interpretation of, of individuals who will selectively pull the pieces of your narrative or story to construct in whichever capacity they feel necessary in their respective worlds or realms of monetization you know uh i think uh i think it's um it's revolutionary and paradigm shifting on multiple fronts and and one that uh i think requires you know fiduciary responsibility to those who participate in this in the system and and, and if not um you know the the results uh, will speak for themselves and and um I think that's what we really love about sport and why everybody is so, you know, emotionally and, and financially invested in, 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 in the game, right? You might not be able to, you know, play directly on the field, but you can be uh, a player in the stands as a fan, you know, um, following along individual storylines of, of players of the club. You can go into the histories and data. You, you can, you can play you can play multiple angles and, and on multiple fronts. And, and I think everyone is a creator in their own way. And it's, um, it's a, it's a really cool means of, um, of, of connecting across generations, across ideologies, across, you know, uh, cultural backgrounds, history. And then we, 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 we get, to, we get an opportunity to present these ideas on the field and see them play out. And like I said, the results we ideally we'd like the results to speak for themselves, but sometimes it takes time for individuals, organizations, us collectively to to understand and 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 recognize and see and yeah and uh, process what the results mean. I think that's a that's another aspect that I've I've been really spending a lot more time thinking on um, as of late. So I appreciate the questions. It's 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 um it's helpful. It's grounding, right? It's um. It's like uh, I, I speak a lot on, you know, mentality, uh, mentality training and and um, self-reflection is a massive part of that process. But also, you know, having multiple touch points helps you get a sense of where you are, <laughs> where you are. So I'm, I'm trying to relate it back to on on the on the field as a player. Right. Much of the game is played without the ball at your feet. So that's what I'm trying to tether that to the game. Most of the game is played without the ball at your feet. So most of the work is done before you receive the ball. And not all individuals are watching what's happening beyond following the ball. That's just one, you know, meta level of the game and frequency for which you can participate in and watch and draw inspiration, um, creativity, insight from. Uh, I think context and framing for conversations especially across industry and sport and, and networks is of great value and importance when sharing ideas, when, when uh, discussing 
point of views and perspectives. Do you feel like your connection to fans have changed, um, uh, you know, over time? I think, you know, as, as a creative, that's, you know, a big sports fan and I've been able to express my fandom, you know, through my creativity, uh, and that's led to a career, you know, in, in this, um, do you feel like, you know, since 13 years ago, you're, you feel closer to fans because of, because of social media, because creators are able to express their fandom, you know, and be a part of this more, uh, than, than you had before. There's a lot to unpack on that one, but I think by nature of creativity and expression, uh, the relationship with the fans changes over time. Right. And, and that has uh, a very wide degree of variables for why that's the case. Some, some fall out of love with the sport. Some are mad with what the, you know, the, the coaching decisions are. Some are mad at the, the technical staff, the ownership group. Right. Um, and I think in terms of my, my own personal relationship with fans, um, I would adapt to the times that I was in at those times, not all clubs and organizations were as open to, you know, Quincy time and, you know, the sketch comedy show that I had put together. Right. Um, so then there's a, there's a need to, to pivot. Um, then, you know, I've got the life of the life of the pro vlog series that, that we did, which I, which was something I believed was really important for fans to be able to see and understand and, and get to know the characters and the personalities and the, the people who are, you know, trying their absolute best on a day-to-day basis to, to put a great, uh, product on the field and, and obviously, and ultimately win, win games at the end of the day, you got the hashtag ask a soccer pro show, which is now another point of connection, um, to, to hopefully articulate the inner thinkings of players and, their willingness to speak up or speak out on certain things or their unwillingness to, you know, and as time goes on and I'm reflecting on the different shows and platforms and uh, paths to the game to, to engage with and hopefully help educate fans on, you know, the player's perspective and experience. It was with the hope that, players are viewed as humans in the end, as opposed to just commodities and products that are meant to be monetized in some capacity or, or lens, which I understand is a, is a part of the process. But at the end of the day, you, you ideally, and this is where from a fan lens and perspective, as well as I think aligns with owners, an owner perspective, you'd ideally want the players invested as deeply in the club and organization as the fans and ownership group are. As time goes on, that has become less the case because of how social media and players' uh, players' willingness to share their point of view has been also the same vehicle and means to remove them from the room, um, remove them from the process, tarnish their name or reputation for for their own personal gain in whichever capacity they they believe is necessary. When I think about the these things, it's not necessarily to pass judgment as much as it is to hopefully share insights that can allow us to have more empathy for each person in the in the process and journey. Because at the end of the day, we're all we're all humans. I think we all have a general sense of wanting better for ourselves and community and and um, a safe environment. Um, but I, just like sports, I also believe we can understand that. Uh, sacrifice is necessary for, you know, 
a, a sacrifice and, and, and suffering. And when I think of that, I think of like preseason, right? We're going to maybe sometimes until we throw up, I'm going to run until my lungs are feel like you're going to come out of my chest and my legs are burning and I'm, I'm tired and I, I don't feel good. That work in preseason lends itself to being in a, being fit and having the stamina halfway through the season to get that extra point on the road so that we make playoffs and give us, gives our, give ourselves a chance to, to win a championship. Everything's not mutually exclusive, you know? And, and I, and I believe that we can believe that things are, but I don't necessarily know if that, that helps us create the best art and put the best product on the field while also creating the, the best experience for everyone who's participating. Appreciate that question. That one, that one's a, that was a, that was a good one. I think it's good to actually uh, transition into your NFT company, an early adopter of Bitcoin, and looks like you're doing a lot in that space. Can you tell us a little bit about Evolve NFTs? Founder and current um, uh, director of the Mansion Fund for Evolve NFTs. It's been uh, a multitude of things as we've really been navigating how best to, I guess, share our insights and experiences in the space and, and create a really simple way to engage with this very rapidly uh, moving and evolving space, and really where we've 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 dialed in on is is creating um, data data driven research performed by Web three natives is this is the simplest way to really describe what we've what we've landed on. We we've uh, we've just recently launched uh, a very comprehensive uh, monthly report that gives a a, a great synopsis of what happened in the Web3 NFT space um, over the over the last 30 days, and uh, I think it's a great it's a great introduction and point of entry for you know uh, individuals who are interested in wanting to just understand what the space is and get uh, dialed in, but especially you know institutional investors and clients who don't necessarily have the the bandwidth or the 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 team or the expertise or experience to to stay up to date in a systematized way. Yeah, that's that's what the the focus has been on from a from a broad uh, company lens and perspective, and and the the value proposition of of that. Uh, but for myself individually, like it's been it's been amazing to participate in the in the NFT Web three space because just like on the field, there's a lot of uh, creative freedom and ability to test new ideas and and um, and explore in a way that I don't think you're really able to do in the Web two space anymore, in the social space, in the social media space, or at least not to the degree that you can in the Web three space. And I, I think that's really what's driving the adoption of the space and and attracting a lot of uh, individuals, especially athletes, to to wanting to to learn more and and build. Yeah, very cool. I mean, that's obviously a, a interesting space that continues to evolve. We talk about all these things and, you know, your analogy to MLS and, and where we're at with Bitcoin was perfect there. Another uh, platform that that is really interesting and, and been able to dive into is uh, Black Players for Change, where you're an executive board member. You know, what are the goals with with that platform and, and what are you looking to achieve? Currently, we just we just finalized a restructure of our of our organization and had election of newly elected officials. So I'm currently the acting executive director. Earl Edwards Jr. is the uh, acting president. Jeremy Abobase, he is um, he is vice president. Drake 
is secretary and Jalil Inababa is um, treasurer. This organization, in many in many regards, has been a space where players can gain the inspi- insights and experiences they're needing to to make the greatest positive impact in their in their local communities and in their in their respective walks of life. The players came together in 2020 as a result of uh, George Floyd worked with the league to uh, eventually come together for the the solidarity demonstration at the MLS's Black Tournament. That was a very an extremely influential, meaningful, and impactful moment, and and our our willingness and openness to 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 formally organizing in a manner that lived beyond our playing careers, I think, was crucially important. And these last two years has really been um, building the the infrastructure and the and the uh, infrastructure and, and solidifying you know the seat at the table that that is necessary to really advocate for those who don't necessarily have the greatest voice, historically speaking, at the table. I think that's kind of a, a broad description of what the organization created and allowed for. And where we are now is maximizing the positive impact of implementing those those seats at the table will bring not only fans, but organizations and ownership I think our most recent announcement, uh, partnership announcement with the NBBF, the National Black Bank Foundation, the $25 million loan from a syndicate syndicate of black banks is a is a huge testament to to policy uh, advocacy into policy, policy into action, and that action creating opportunities for equity and ownership in 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 these communities, not only here in the short term, but medium and long term, and creating uh, more touch points and abilities for individuals to to collaborate, to communicate, to uh, knowledge share, I think only further increases the value of everyone. Um, it increases the the equity that all members can tap into. And ideally, we, we want individuals to feel empowered and educated, confident to utilize and tap into into those resources um, because at the end of the day, we're, we're all participants in the same system. We're all stakeholders in it in the end. And from the lens of soccer, that makes it holistic, that that brings it full circle. You know, not everyone's going to necessarily be able to be uh, a stakeholder who participates and plays on the field, but all of us can participate in some manner or way. And whether that's just watching the game and investing our time and our attention to, to seeing it, um, all the way to, you know, teaching it in our local communities, or showcasing ways in which you can provide a service to the community that is, you know, adjacent to to it. Uh, as we've touched on here, and I've I've spoken about, you know, I, I've I've had uh, to date a 13-year uh, professional career, again, in free agency, available, ready to play, and I'm here having not had goals and vision of playing professional soccer from a young age. I'm here having not, you know, followed any big name player, a big name club, yet I've still found a way to to want to continue to contribute to this game well beyond the day that I ultimately step away from it from a professional capacity. I guess to bring it together, I, I realize more, I've realized more and more, and I think especially here with this conversation now that I've just viewed soccer as, as art and participating in it as an artist, and not everyone is looking at the game with the eye of just art for art's sake. You know, there's the, the there's the commercial aspect to it, which is real. It is necessary, and it, it does need to uh, be accounted for and a part of it. Um, but I think there's there's a way we can marry them marry them both 
where uh, everyone feels good about the work that's being done, the product on the field, feels heard, feels a part of the process, and has the has the the door opportunity opened so they can step in and participate if that's what they choose choose to do. So I, I think it's just equal access to opportunity, and, and and from there, once we can establish that responsibility and accountability falls on the individual to to be fit and ready to play and just like preseason um you know you can show up out of shape and having not done any work the year before and you might be talented enough to do that and get away with it but over a long enough time period that approach is is going to be a losing strategy you've, you've got to show up uh, how you choose to show up is up to you and that's what i'll continue to always uh, speak to you and i think is is of most value and importance in the game Wow. What a great way to close it. Just really interesting to hear your insights and, and the things you're doing off the pitch. For our listeners out there who want to follow you on social media, where can they get at you? Can uh, you give out your uh, places where they can um, connect with you? Yeah, I think the best place to follow follow me would be um, QuincyAmeriqua.com. So Q-U-I-N-C-Y-A-M-A-R-I-K-W-A.com. And from there, you can get access, get links to whichever social media platform or new Web3 platform that's created, created, you know, now or in the future and can follow, follow along. That makes most sense. I've got an email newsletter as well. To be fair, I could I can do a bit better to to keep up to date on that. All information can be found there. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening to the We Need to Be Doing That podcast. Visit we need to be doing that.com for more episodes and contact information. 